Go ahead and email it to me and Lock I'll copy it. Okay. I can't do it from here. Okay. Um, is there an easy way for me to find it? Yeah, Eventbrite. It's uh, it's event number four seven zero one two eight eight six eight one. Four seven zero one. Four seven zero one two eight eight six eight one. Okay. Let me see if I can find it. Okay. Let me get uh, you queued in here and introduced. Okay. KWOD Radio, and this is Patty Holstrand, and we're on live, and we're here, and this time we're talking about the book you guys have been, been talking about, and it is How to Publish an Ebook for Under $350, or what I like to call On a Low Budget. So, Greg, are you there? I am there. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Patty. It's a good segue. Yes, yes, and we've got, uh, got a couple people already looking at us in the chat, so welcome. Thank you. And we tell them a little bit about yourself while uh, for those who maybe not listen to the other show. Well, I um, I, I manage a uh, uh, the operations uh, department for a small defense uh, military contractor here in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, in the evenings I write, and I recently published a science fiction novel. And uh, and then a year after that, I published a nonfiction book on how to publish a an ebook because of the uh, basically all the interest that the uh, the first book generated, and um, that's uh, that's essentially why we're here today. There we go. So I know that you wrote uh, you wrote your science fiction book first. I did. And uh, from that, you learned uh, quite a bit about. The publishing industry and and what you needed to do, right? Oh, I learned everything. Uh, first of all, I had uh, tried to get it published traditionally, meaning you find an agent and a publishing company, and they give you a book contract, and you go through this two-year process to get your book out there. But I couldn't, uh, I couldn't even get through the front door because of uh, the way the traditional book uh, industry is set up. Um, someone had told me uh, over lunch one day about how Amazon has got this great independent uh, book publishing program for ebooks, and I looked into it and decided that uh, this is something I could do. And a few months later, uh, my book, uh, after many rejections by traditional book publishers, uh, was online and for sale in uh, a bunch of countries around the world. So I was pretty excited about that. Stoked, actually. <laughs> Well, that's great. That's great. Of course, that you got you off on a good start uh, for gaining, gaining some uh, interest in your book. And you're, I know that you are doing a uh, seminar, part of the seminar for Avondale Group. Tell us about that. Well, the um, Avondale, Avondale uh, Writers Conference uh, is holding their third ash, annual uh, uh, get-together on November 3rd at, um, in Avondale, Arizona. And I've been invited to uh, give a one-hour talk on basically how to publish an ebook for under $350. So somehow I have to take a 
five-hour workshop and cram it down into 50 minutes so I can have 10 minutes for questions. So that's going to be, uh, be interesting. So if anyone wants to attend, you can uh, uh, type in AvondaleWritersConference.org and uh, you can uh, sign up and come out and listen to me. Uh, but be prepared to drink from a fire hose because I'm going to get a, a lot of information and I only have 50 minutes to do it. Drink <laughs> from a fire hose. That's a good one. I haven't heard that particular phrase before. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of information. And uh, another word, we have some questions here, and we got some people who are listening already. So let's get to the first question. Why did you decide to write this book? Well, um, for the simple reason that so many people asked me how I did it. Uh, actually, I was, I was kind of shocked. Let me back up a little bit. When I, when I first wrote my science fiction book and got it published, um, I almost immediately managed to land a TV appearance on the, the, uh, the Pat McMahon group and, uh, and also uh, a radio spot uh, on the uh, Steve Henry show. And, you know, most of the questions, 99% of the questions were, I wrote a book. How do I do this? Hey, I'm thinking of writing a book, or I've wrote several books and never got them published. Uh, there was intense um, interest in, you know, how did I do this and how did I do it so cheaply? So, you know, I just realized that it's a popular topic, so why don't I just take my experiences, write a, a book, a how-to book, and try to get it out there and help people to self-publish themselves. Apparently, a lot of people are finding that interesting. I do know that a lot of people, you know, try to do this uh, on their own without finding out the information they should. And you were talking to me about seven steps that they need. You want to kind of uh, go over a little bit of those? Well, these are the. Uh, I spent about 400 hours researching everything about, you know, how to publish ebooks and what ebooks were all about. Uh, and I boiled that down to. Basically, here are the seven things you need in order to publish an ebook. Um, and I start off the first one is hire a good copy editor because you, your book needs to be in the best possible shape before you publish it. Your book has to be in electronic format. You need to set up a high quality book cover. You need to set yourself up as a publishing company. You need to obtain an ISBN number. You need to convert your manuscript to an EPUB so the e reader can read it. And then you need to create an author's website and blog because, you know, you get your book out there. People want to know more about you, and they want to know more about what's the next book coming along. So you need to have these seven things set up in order to be successful. Okay. Um, you want to go over those seven steps? <laughs> yeah, we can go over the seven steps. Just briefly. You know, I'll, I know just do, I'll just people. do briefly. So number one was hire a good copy editor. Now, the, the reason... For this is, you know, authors really should not be editing their own works. Definitely. Uh, they they need to get someone and they need to get a professional, you know, not your mom, unless you happen to have a PhD in English, uh, you know, not your girlfriend. I mean, it's fine to have friends and relatives and fellow authors and stuff review your material before you hire an editor, but you really need to get hold of a professional editor and have that person go through and and uh, edit your book from top to bottom. And there are two pieces to that. One piece is the copy editing piece, which is more like you know grammar and rules. And then uh, there's the other 
part, which is uh, 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 substantive editing, which is uh, if you need a little bit more work, you know, reorganizing chapters and those type of things. That's a little bit more in depth. But you need to have that done, step one. Step two, you need to have your book in electronic format, so you need to drag yourself kicking and screaming into the 20th century, no handwritten manuscripts. You need, it to, you need to get it into a format that you can then use a free conversion program to convert it to an EPUB. And an EPUB is simply the format of the document that an e-reader reads. And the most common electronic format that the free, uh, the free converters use is, is Microsoft Word. Then you need to have a high-quality book cover. What, one is you want your book to look nice on the e-reader. So when they go to open the book, they can see the cover, and then, and then um, it looks very professional. Plus, you need a nice-looking cover to put it on the website, the retail website, your Amazons, your Barnes & Nobles, your, your iBookstore, uh-huh. because there are literally tens of thousands of books. Like if you type in, let's say, science fiction, which is, happens to be my genre, you may bring back, you may get 50,000 hits. So as as author as uh, readers are going through looking for books, they're going to look. The first thing they're going to see is the book cover in the in the left hand corner. So you want something that that's pretty good quality. The reason you set up a publishing company, which happens to be number four, is that you know you're you're literally a publishing company. If you think about it, you're setting the prices of the book. You're you're doing the marketing. You're doing the contracts with uh, the Amazons and the Barnes and Nobles of the world. Uh, you're doing all the stuff that a major publishing company does, except you're not, you know, you're not uh, turning the crank and actually uh, printing the book yourself. Okay. So you set yourself up as a publishing company, and that's as easy as standing up in your chair and twirling around three times and saying, "I am a publishing company." Thank you very <laughs> much. Sit down. You're now a publishing company. Uh, <laughs> May not be an effective publishing company, but yeah, yeah. But you know, or, or if you you know, if you happen to have a magic wand, you can tap yourself, you know, on the head or click your heels three times. So <laughs> one of those ways will get you to be a publishing company. Um, you need an international uh, book number, an ISBN. That's the let's see, international standard book numbering system. Uh, if you're going to publish something, other than just giving free copies away on your website. If you're going to publish something, you need to have this ISBN number. And there are several places where you can go get it. Um, uh, and I talk about that in my book. Uh, you go basically register yourself as a publishing company. You purchase one to ten or so ISBN numbers, and then you use those numbers uh, assigned to your book. Um, the next step, number six, is you take your electronic manuscript. It's fully edited and you run it through these conversion programs, and you create the, what's called the EPUB. Then you do some minor tweaking on the EPUB, and then you're, you're ready to upload to the, uh, to the uh, retailers. And then lastly, um, and this is the part that I like, is, is you go out and you, you check and see your, your competition is, your fellow authors, basically, what their, looks, their websites look like. And you make sure that your website looks at least as good, if not better. And the way to do this is go get a bunch of free templates off the web and modify them slightly. And with very little effort, you can have a first-class website set up for free. And the same thing with the blog. So these are the, these are the seven steps or the seven things that you need. Um, 
to get set up as an author in a publishing company and get your work out there for people to start to look at. Of course, there's a lot in between uh, this, you know, these particular steps. I mean, there's a lot more meat to them, and that is, of course, part of your book. Yes, it is. Yep. And I go into great and glorious detail <laughs> in each step. So, uh, be, you know, being an engineer, I've got a, uh, I've got a, an engineering undergraduate degree and a master's degree, and of course, I'm in the business world. So, I've written lots of procedures. I've written, uh, you know, taught lots of people how to do things over the time, over the course of my career. So, what I've tried to do is I've tried to boil down the 400 hours of research that I did down to something that you can follow, and I go step by step you know, one through whatever, and I have checklists at the end of each chapter that you go through to to remind you of here are the steps that you go through to, let's say, set up a publishing company. Here's the steps that I go to to obtain an ISBN number. Here are the steps that I go through to tweak my uh, tweak my EPUB prior to upload. Uh, and I lay those all out in the book and, um, uh, again, try to make it as simple as possible so that you could just walk through the book and come out the other end, and you're done. I am adding uh, the information on your seminar that's coming up, this Dream Big Seminar. Tell us about this because I think this is awesome. Well, what we're doing uh, in the seminar is um, I'm teaching from my book uh, how to publish an ebook for under $350, and it's a hands-on workshop. So, you know, bring your computers, laptops, uh, iPads, whatever, and we'll walk through the seven things you need to publish an ebook. And of course, I go through the the seven topics, and we stop and ask answer questions along the way. Um, I have a big PowerPoint presentation up on the screen, and we just you and I basically, if you if you come to the seminar, you get a book, and we just go through the book, you know. And I say, well, here's why you do this. And here's the reasons why. And then people raise their hands and they say, well, well, what about this? And I answer those questions so that not only do you have the book in hand, but you can make notes in the book or make notes on a, on a paper pad. And you'll get a lot more out of the, um, uh, out of the, uh, the book and the seminar by, uh, by being right there to ask me questions. So what I would call a real-world application of your book. It definitely is a real-world application. That's awesome. Now, would you suggest that they bring a manuscript that they perhaps already started or have, uh, you know, ready to go? Uh, that they've already, you know, obviously it'd be great if they had it edited already. But if they don't have it edited, at least they can take the manuscript they've got and be able to go through the steps with you. Yes, um, and really, almost at any level uh, where they are in their in their writing, uh, they can at least practice some of the steps. I do provide also as part of the seminar. A number of uh, files. For instance, I'll give you a pre-formatted uh, Microsoft Word document wow. where, that you can uh, you can drop, you can uh, cut and paste your chapters from your document into my document, and what it does is it strips out a lot of the formatting. See, something that people don't understand about about e-readers: e-readers have their own fonts and formats and styles, and the e-reader. And the customer get to decide how to read your book, not you. So you may have written the book in this fancy uh, font, Antigua, and you think it's the most beautiful book you've ever seen. And the reader wants to read it in Arial or Times New Roman or Georgina or or whatever. 
they get to choose the font. So it really doesn't pay to spend a lot of time formatting your Word document prior to upload to the to the EPUB program. Now, I didn't know that when I started. So I had all sorts of formats all the way throughout my book. And, of course, imagine my surprise when I converted it to an EPUB and found out that all that stuff was stripped out. Well, I'm going to save you time. I'm just going to tell you up front, don't worry about it. Leave this stuff out. Leave that stuff out. Just put the basic stuff in. Here's how an e-reader works. Here's how an EPUB is constructed. And I'm going to save you tons and tons of time. Now, just basically for a fiction book, or do you suggest this also for nonfiction? Well, I, I, as I was writing my non, or as I was publishing my nonfiction book, I used the information in my nonfiction book to actually uh, structure the EPUB for my uh, for my nonfiction. Uh, fiction is going to be a little bit easier because you have less embedded photos and objects and stuff like that. Uh, but certainly you can do fiction or nonfiction. Okay, so that's, that's one of the questions someone has. It doesn't matter what genre or what type of book they have. Um, I probably would say that children's book is probably the only thing that we really can't deal with right now on this particular level. Would you say that? Well, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say that. I mean, a, a children's book has lots of, usually lots of photos, Um the, the thing is with a children's book, um, a lot of times you'll have art and text will be mix, mixed together. And art and text, in other words, on top of each other. Right. In, in a in an e-reader, you have images and text. So if you want to have, let's say, text in an image, you have to embed it in the image before you put it in the e-reader. And the reason for that is not only can the... Uh, can the customer decide uh, what font he wants to use, he, he or she can decide what size. And so if they choose a really large size, the whole ebook reformats itself. The images stay the same, but the words get larger or smaller, and the page numbers go up and down depending upon what they've selected. And they can do conversely. They can go to real small print, and the, it'll look like the ebook shrinks. Well, with a, with a child's book, that stuff is really kind of fixed. So there are some special circumstances in, in doing children's books. Would you call that an enhanced e-book then? Yeah, that could be an enhanced e-book. Okay. I, I, think, you, I think you're going to find that um, Amazon's the leader in, um, in online books, but probably the leader in the technology is rapidly emerging to be uh, Apple and their iBooks. And Apple is doing some very exciting things where they're mixing media uh, within the ebook itself. So they're embedding, they're embedding music, they're embedding videos, as well as, as the standard ebook uh, kinds of uh, stuff. So um, keep an eye on Apple. They're going to they're gonna shake, the, uh, shake the world up again. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say they're still there when it comes to uh, the look and feel of, of an ebook. Um, Kindle is, is still, I think, a little bit behind when it comes to the formatting uh, and overall appeal, I think. I would agree. I would agree. They're getting there with their uh, with their Kindle Fire and their Kindle HD. But they don't have the they don't have the financial muscle that Apple does. Um, but 
but they're hanging in there. I mean, you know, I look at my ebook sales, and you know, 85% of them uh, come through Amazon, and then the rest are probably Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and then right now Kobo and um, and Apple are tied for for third place. Yeah, I find that to be the case too uh, with the 55 books I've got in publication. Uh, that you know, we're still doing very well with the Kindles over over everyone else. <laughs> oh yep. well, you can't. You can't uh, I have a few authors who want to fight that and you know don't want to be part of uh, Amazon's you know uh, lust for glory. But you you really can't. You have to you have to go to you have to play in the sandbox with with the big guys. Yes, yes. And and one of the things I I I aspire to or strive in this seminar is to teach you to build a good solid standard EPUB that will easily convert to everybody's system. You don't want to have five different retailers and have five different versions of EPUBs because they're a little bit different. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I've also found that uh, do you, do you usually have a a set format size for the cover? What I do actually each uh, each of the retailers do do take different sizes, um, but what I've done is I've picked a size that is common to all four of them. And, I'll, and what I'll say is is you know here's this pixel size for this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. But choose this one here, and it's going to work for all of them. Right. But you want to actually, if you want to tweak things, you know, uh, to to in, enhance uh, the quality to to a particular e-reader, then by all means, you can have four different EPUBs if you want to just spend the time. It's just time. Mm-hmm. It's not hard. Well. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've met some people who really can't see the broad side of the barn when it comes to a computer. So, what would you suggest for them? Well, there are there are things you can do on, on the seven things. There are things that you can do. Obviously, you can hire an editor. You can you can uh, set up a publishing company. You can get your own ISBN number. The rest of the stuff uh, you can job out. I mean, there are lots of sources for and and services online for people who design book covers. You know. Um, and I give a number of uh, sources in the in the ebook. And here's here's the here's the the approach that I've taken with people. I'll teach you how to do all this stuff yourself because I want you to save the most amount of money. But if you can't do it because either you don't have the time or the skill or or the desire, I mean, just quite frankly, the desire, then I'll give you options. Well, you can go here and get a book cover. You can go here, go here. Uh, here's where you can get some free services, but let's say you don't want to do that, but you want to pay. Well, over here are some places where you can look for some some paid services, and then I give you some tips on what you do, you know, during your negotiation on getting something done. So you can hire companies to convert your your book for you into an EPUB. Uh, people will uh, uh, design book covers for you, and uh, people will design your website for you if you don't if you don't want to do it yourself. I did it myself because I, I wanted to save money. And of the $350 I spent, the vast majority of the money was spent on editing. Right. You were talking that's, about that. Um, a big that, number. Yeah. That the percentage is quite a bit higher to do that. And, and of course, uh, you want to explain again how 
important that is in the overall process. Well, uh, you're you're fighting against perceptions here. We have the traditional large book publishers that it's really a closed system. It's very very difficult for us to to break into, um, and they're quite honestly perplexed by all this new tech coming down. The, uh, they're perplexed about ebooks and and how this is changing the market space. Uh, so they look down their noses at us people like us that do our own, that publish ourselves. Um, and in some cases, they may be true because people are putting out books that are obviously not ready to be put out. They have mistakes in spelling. They have mistakes in grammar. Or they're you know, disorganized writing. Uh, that tends to um, you know, look bad on independent authors. So it is. That's why I strive. It's really, really important, almost mandatory, that you that you have someone edit your work. I mean, if you want to be taken seriously as a as an artist, as an author, then um, then spend the money, and it's not that much money, but spend the money to to make your manuscript as good as you can. I mean, that's that's really that's really all I can say about it. <laughs> Well, that's good. And again, I say it's important for them to know that uh, there's there is a real good reason why they should be spending that time and the money on somebody else other than uh, themselves. Um, they make the same mistakes over and over again if they don't learn from their mistake. So that's, that's something else they need to learn is is that uh, they also. I really can't strive enough that you should never, ever make your editor be your first reader. That's right. I'm glad you brought that out. Uh, I'll give you a for instance. The uh, the science fiction book that I wrote, I shopped the manuscript around to eight to ten science fiction uh, readers, science fiction aficionados, let's say. And they gave me lots of good feedback on the manuscript. And I and I addressed all those concerns before I hired an editor. On the nonfiction book, um, I took my book to five or six authors, fellow authors, because that's who I'm really, that's my market for this nonfiction book. And they had me reorganize the book. I some of the chapters, you know, the order that I gave you, the um, the seven steps. They had me change the order of this and that, and. Uh, they gave me a lot of good feedback, and I addressed all those issues. And then I hired an editor to to get it to uh, to its final shape. So I think that's critical. It's critical that an author have some of their targeted audience review their manuscripts before they go spend the money on the editing. It's okay. it's brutal. <laughs> uh, if you you know wear your heart on your shirt sleeve, you know you may. You may be, you know, uh, it may be tough for you to take some criticism, but if you keep an open mind, you know, get over the embarrassment of the of the criticism and kind of step back and look at it, you might find that 80% of those comments are valid. And now, now it's up to you to either fix them or respond to them. Yeah, hard to do, but it's but it's rewarding when you, when the final manuscript comes out. And it's and it's clean, and people say this is a good read. Yes, that is definitely important. That's uh, and of course, it's something for you to be proud of. Yes, it is. 
I'm looking for some other questions here from people. There you are giving me a few. Um, they want to know a little more about the Dream Big Seminar, the costs. I did get them the link already on Facebook, by the way, if you guys know where my, my Facebook page is. Uh, Facebook.com slash PJ.HultzRandFutis, H-U-L-T-S-T-R-A-N-D. That way it goes right to the seminar. But you wanted to uh, give it a little more uh, a little more information on that. Well, we're, um, we're, we'll be meeting on um, November 17th. Oh, you're talking, which seminar? Are you talking about the Dream Big? Yeah, the Dream Big. Yeah. Okay, uh, November 17th uh, from 8 to 5. We'll break for an hour for lunch, and we'll be meeting at the Comfort Inn Suites in Surprise, Arizona. That's 13337 West Grand Avenue, Surprise, Arizona, 85374. And again, that's Saturday, November 17th from uh, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And uh, I'll start off in the morning, and um, uh, we'll go through... Till let's see, eight till probably uh, we'll take a couple breaks in there, but probably eleven thirty-ish. We'll break for lunch, and then uh, and then we'll come back uh, an hour later. And I'll I'll stay there with you, answer more questions, um, and then we'll go through the uh, the rest of how to publish an ebook for under three hundred fifty dollars. And then I have a, a young lady by the name of Patty Holstrand who will step up and uh, follow up with tips on how to market your ebook. I know. I just uh, this is sensationalist, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> and you'll cover t- you'll cover topics such as media kits, virtual book tours, yeah. and just what does it mean to uh, to market uh, a book in today's new with today's new technology? So it should be really a fascinating seminar workshop. Uh, with some and, real world applications when you leave. I mean, you not only walk away. Knowing how to construct your ebook and put it up for sale, but at that point, what to do? I started marketing that ebook in order to get more drive more sales to your to your book because you know that's that's really what you want to do. Um, but so many authors have no clue. They put it up, up they put up on uh, Amazon and think that's it. Oh, I'm still for sale. Well, where's all my sales? That's that's just the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're just starting. <laughs> it started. Here you thought, oh my gosh, you know, I spent all these all this time writing the book and getting it edited, and and then had to go through the rigmarole of getting it into ebook format, and and now you got to tell me that I I got that's just the beginning. Yeah, it's just the beginning. It's, this is a child. This is your that that's going to be sticking sticking around with you until you know it's 18 years old and finally gets out of the house. So. <laughs> Now this may this may shock your uh, your readers and your listeners, but you know last year I attended the Avondale Writers Conference just as an attendee, and they had authors there that were that had you know big time publishing contracts, mm-hmm. and they shocked the entire audience when they said just because I have a publishing contract doesn't mean that I I'm not required to do my own marketing, and and yeah. the questions revolved around what do you mean you do your own marketing you, you're you're with so and so publishing, yes but in today's environment in today's economy they're not doing marketing yeah. you are doing your own marketing so not only do you get this low cost or this uh, uh, you know six percent or 42 cents per book contract but you got to do your own marketing you know 
with those funds too. You know, something I didn't cover on an e uh, and the reason, one of the reasons why you want to publish an ebook, is that you can get up to seventy percent of the of the retail price in your pocket. That's your royalty, up to seventy percent. Um, well, as long as you sell it for two ninety nine or, or or above. Yeah, between two ninety nine and nine ninety nine, you get seventy percent. So if you have, if you had a book for six ninety nine uh, on the bookshelf, or a book that you're selling for six ninety nine as an ebook. Uh, the ebook royalty to you, the author, the publisher, would be about four eighty nine, and the royalty to the the hardcover uh, author would be approximately forty two cents. And That's that tra- means traditional, 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 yeah. a traditional. And that means uh, now I'm talking about a soft copy, not a not a big hard copy thing, right. uh, or hard hardcover. Uh, and that means it takes about ten. Uh, paperback books or trade cover books to equal the price of a of an ebook. Yes, yeah, exactly. But I, I do do tell and stress to people that, you know, even though you put your book up for sale on Amazon or in uh or at these other places for ebook, that doesn't mean you shouldn't follow through and actually print it in, in paper format. So I noticed that you did do that. So would you like to tell people why? Well, uh, number one, it was free. Isn't that a shocker? It was free. Once I did the ebook, um, I then I was at a um, I was actually at a writer's workshop, and someone was showing, "Hey, look at this book I just printed. It's a, it's a proof, though, but look at this book, and it didn't cost me anything." And of course, I perked my ears up when I just said, "Didn't cost me anything." With Amazon, they have something called Create Space. You can take your ebook and you're now going to create a PDF copy of, of the book. You download a template from uh, Amazon. You drop your stuff into their template. You print it as a PDF. You upload it back to their site, and then you you look at it on a, a, a book emulator. And when you think you've got everything looking right, you order a copy. And it'll depending upon the size, it could be $2.50 to, to $4.50 for a proof. And, you know, three days later, you get your proof, and maybe you make a couple more changes. But basically, once you say it's good enough and you press the button and say make it available for sale, you're done. Now someone, let's say, types in your book title, they'll see both your e-books for sale and they'll see your paperback for sale. And if someone buys the paperback, believe it or not, Amazon makes money selling printing and selling paperback books one at a time. So if you order by noon on Monday, by 2 o'clock that day, they printed the book and shipped it. And you'll get it several days later for the same cost as what you'd buy it in a bookstore. It's amazing. So of course I did it, because why not? I can order a few books myself to, to, take to, uh, to take to book signings, or people can go buy an e-book online. So I can cover the market from both ends. Definitely. So when you say for for free, what is what you're saying is that because you already formatted the ebook, you can format it through their system uh, with no additional costs involved. Correct. Now remember, I've already paid for the editing. Mm-hmm. I've already bought several ISBN numbers. I'm already set up as a publishing company. I already have my my website, and my blog. All I needed to do was 
reformat the book uh, as a PDF and upload it to their system, and it costs nothing to do that. Just my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Uh, and I do have to stress that there are certain things that I've seen a lot of e- uh, printing books that don't have certain things, uh, and the person who obviously puts it together doesn't know enough about design. Uh, do they have templates on on CreateSpace that help them to not make those kind of faux pas errors? They, they have. Ex- I'm very surprised at Amazon. They have extensive uh, how tos and procedures, and they have templates for every size book that that you can imagine. Uh, and they really do hold your hand and walk you through the through the steps to do it. Uh, I considered writing a book on how to do the create space, but to be honest, they covered it so well that uh, I don't think I can really add to it. But we will talk about it in the sem- in the Dream Big seminar. So yeah, it's it's not in it's not in the how to publish an ebook uh, book itself, but I will have a section on uh, on doing the create space because it doesn't cost you anything, and there's no reason why you, you can't do it. You don't have to pay for any inventory. I mean, think about it. Right. What's the number one biggest cost of publishing companies today? It's printing and shipping the actual product to all these different stores. Oh yeah. Well, Definitely. if you don't have to print and any. And, and right, and losses. And if you don't have to print any and carry the inventory yourself, why wouldn't you do it in addition to your ebook? That way, if someone wants to buy an ebook, they can buy an ebook one click away. If they say, nope, I'm, I absolutely must have a, a piece of paper in my hand, a book I can smell and touch and feel, well, you can cover that market as well. Yeah, that's uh, they call these printers that you're talking about that do one-offs. Uh, they are actually on there are many web presses, and they're giant rolls of paper, just like the huge web presses used to have. Except that they can do one-offs. That means that the computer helps them to generate the different sizes and organizes them so that way when they come off on the press. Uh, they, they do like all eight and a half by 11s, a certain round number of, of books, and then they go to uh, obviously smaller as the day progresses. So that's how they handle that many books in uh, the amount, shortest amount of time. Uh, we have a printer right here in Phoenix that has that same process. So I've, I've seen that, seen it at work. It's very awesome. <laughs> oh, I should go visit them because that's. Uh, you know, being an engineer, you know, at heart, at the, those kind of things, it, it, it just amazes me how the technology has advanced to the point where, you know, as authors, we have this this amazing window of opportunity to uh, to get our to practice our craft and to and to get people to uh, you know to read our works, uh, and the fact that they can print one book at a time on demand and still make money at it is just boggles my mind. It's amazing. Now, I do have to stress that if if you're talking, obviously, since you're doing one-offs, it does cost you a little bit more to get a one-off. I mean, that's, you know, just common sense that if you're going to do one at a time, it's going to cost you a little bit more. But obviously, it's going to be less per piece if you do a giant run of a 1,000 books. But who wants that inventory anymore? That's right. Yeah. I don't have room for it anymore. (laughs) I've made a conscious decision to... To support the the ebook world because I, I think everything's going to that. Uh, 
back in if you just if you just think back to what's happened to the music industry in the year 2000 they were selling up to a billion music CDs per year 10 years later 10 years later the um, sales volume of CDs is down by 70% and the reason is because of uh, the technology the 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 uh, MP3 players and the iPods of the world everybody's in iTunes everybody's downloading music they're not buying the hard copies anymore well, books are going the same way. Definitely, um, yes. So I'm going to support the majority of the market, which is going to be ebook. But I'm not going to I'm not going to totally cut out the other side of the market, which is the uh, which is the the hard copy folks, because you know some people are simply not going to uh, get into the e business. And although I won't make uh, as much money selling uh, a book through something like CreateSpace. Um, I'll at least make more money than I would with a standard book contract. Yeah, if you know what I mean. So yeah. I can make I can at least make maybe a dollar on a book that sells on Amazon versus forty two cents with, uh, uh, you know, with a traditional book uh, contract. Again, he you know you're throwing that number up. It does. does it obviously depends, people. I mean, what genre you're in. Um, science fiction tend, has a tendency to be a lower percentage. Yes, it's definitely lower. Yeah. Uh, where if you're in the in the mainstream market, uh, you're with covers, you know, like Daniel Seal or whatever, you're obviously making bigger numbers. Yeah, you're making a lot more. So uh, you know, top again, what type of genre you're in, and that of course will depend how many books are actually being sold. So it's common sense that more books are being sold. Uh, the more percentages, more higher percentage you're going to wind up making. Yeah. What my research, my research has shown that the, you know, your beginning book contract, your first book contract, the first five thousand books, uh, paperback, science fiction, mm -hmm. you're in the six percent range. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, you sell the next five thousand or ten thousand, you bump up to a higher category, so on and so forth. And if you're, you know, if you're an Ann Coulter selling books, you know, you're that's a totally different. You're in a you're in a different class totally, <laughs> and uh, you know the sky's the limit on that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, J.K. Rowling actually had had fought this particular change uh, going into ebook for a number of years, and then when she did say, you know what, let's because her, you, you could see the numbers were actually going down as far as the print books. And uh, then she said, "Okay, now let's go ahead and open it up for for ebook." And then they had apparently had made a big mistake on on one of them, and uh, wound up being the wrong text or something. <laughs> I, <laughs> yep. Even the big guys make mistakes. Even the big guys make mistakes. That's right. <laughs> so that she goes, "Well, see, this is why I didn't want to go and into ebook, but that's not a good reason." But you know what? You know how they fixed that ebook. They fixed it and turned around, and the next day that they uploaded, after they uploaded it, that book was for sale again. Right. Try doing that with a printed book after you've shipped to 500 stores in the U.S. and then find a big mistake. Try to recall them and uh, fix the mistake and get it all repaired and back for sale in a day. You can't do it. Oh yeah, but you I, can do that with an ebook. You can do that with an ebook. I had an author who uh, had put a book up for sale for ebook for about a year and. He came to me wanted to wanted to do a huge run, you know, big on um, a big web press, and I said, "Are you sure you want to do that? Because you know, once you print them, you're stuck with them." 
oh, yeah, I've already done all the edits. I've already gone through this and tweaked it so many times, you know, and it's like, okay. Um, so we printed a 1,000, and uh, he's barely, you know, grazed him, and uh, we're working on book two, and he he sent, I sent the book one to the editor because she needed to read book one before she could really read book two, obviously, in order to make sure that she had the characters' names right and all that. And he, she found a lot of mistakes. Uh oh, <laughs> that's embarrassing. And uh, I said, okay. Well, you know, we still have the print books. There's no, nothing we can do. Says, well, we might just change it to the ebook, and obviously get that up. And we'll use, we're going to use the the old uh, first book as a springboard for sales for the second books. So you know that's why I I never ever suggest going with too many books because they it just it hurts when when you I mean even if the minor mistakes would have been uh, for somebody who is really I mean he really did think a lot of his own writing and, uh, and to find out that okay there, there's some errors here that uh, that are going to be in the print book and now it's going to be in the print book until we finish selling them off. Uh, it's pretty sad. It's uh, that is sad. So uh, that's why I would suggest that you know the the air of the machine, you know these these printing machines that can do one offs and can and can do you know uh, it used to be where it was four four at a time when I was printing started getting into this book publishing. I had to print four at a time because of how it was how it was cut. Um, that's still better than you know doing a whole uh, whole big two hundred fifty to you know thousand run or more. And, and, exactly. and I will say I am not perfect. When I did the uh, the printed copy for my uh, science fiction book Metamorphosis, I went through four proofs before we felt we had it right. Yeah. And I and I got better on the on the nonfiction. I went to three proofs. Yeah, and the thing is that, you know, he had several editors. Um, uh, even in his second book, he went through several editors uh, and then went through my editor, who I use on a regular basis, and and she found uh, even more, and he thought that, you know, he had pretty much done. Um, and then when I was formatting his interior, even I found some things. So you see how many different eyes this takes to see every little thing. And I was kind of focusing, obviously, when I was doing the formatting of the paragraphs, I could see dialogue. And since I was going through through and fixing dialogue, I could see those mistakes. Uh, somebody else who's just reading it and may miss the, parag- you know, the, the uh, comma versus the period, you know. Uh, anybody who writes dialogue knows what I'm talking about. Comma, comma versus the period. Absolutely. Um, so, and again, that made you know four people, not including how, how many times he went through it. Uh, so this goes back to the, the thought that a big publisher has approximately twelve to fourteen people, twelve to fourteen people who edit that one manuscript. Probably why it takes two years to get a book to market through a traditional publisher. Right, because each person having to go through it and read it. And then they make the change of corrections and changes, and then the next person goes through the through the system and you go through the gauntlet. Now I imagine that they probably have differences of opinion too, and, and do they get together to uh, to uh, resolve those, or does the uh, 
does the, uh, the the more senior editor win, or do they have to wait for the author to give the final approval? Uh, in their particular case, the author really has no say. Okay. The author yeah. has no say. Yeah, has, has no say. Unless it's, unless it's a specific thing like uh, changing a name or, you know, that kind of thing uh, where it changes the direction of the book. But uh, really they have no say. Once you sign with a big publisher, they have the right to make whatever uh, decisions on that manuscript. And you, you do have one senior editor who, if if several of them don't agree on something, uh, it'll go through the senior the senior editor, and, and they make the final decision. I see. That's very interesting. Yeah, this comes from 20 years of going through the different conventions and talking to actual publishers, uh, the big ones who told me how all this works. <laughs> so it's cool to get first-hand knowledge from people who are actually out there in their business. <laughs> So let's get back on your uh, your subject your, of your ebook, and so you suggest you suggest to going through this route that you went through for everyone. No, it's not for everyone. I mean, it's for it's for people who uh, don't feel like the traditional publishing route is for them, or they feel like their subject matter will not sell in the general marketplace, or in some cases they are authors who had book contracts and they're fed up with the traditional publishing world and they want to do it on their own because like you say once you sign that contract you give up basically all your rights and decision making is is out of your hands and so some authors want that control they want the control to revert to them they want to set the price they want to set the market channel Um, they want the control so this is an option for them you know it's an option It, it depends you know, it's like it's like my MBA school you used to think that all the there's all these absolutes, and you'd ask the professors this and that. And the professor always answered, "Well, it depends." You know, and it does. It depends. It depends on the author, the market, the audience, and uh, what else can I say? I think that uh, there's something that, if I can touch on for a minute, um, a lot of authors have a tendency that they, they don't know what to do with their book once it's done. They're really good at writing the book, but they're not people first. Pers- you know, they, they don't deal with people very well. Introverts. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a problem in today's market. And as It is. I, Even with a traditional book publishing contract, because if they're going to be expected to do their own marketing... And they're and they're you know all holed up in their apartment writing, and that's what they do all day long. Uh, guess what? Nothing's going to get done on the marketing side. Yeah, exactly. I, and I've met some uh, older authors who were introverts, uh, especially in science fiction. <laughs> <Yeah. area. laughs> I, I'm not one of those, as you can probably tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I have met a few uh, the old time. Yeah, that they we're talking about. Some who've been around for a while, and uh, I, 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 I was trying to figure out who I wanted to come to uh, Leprechaun 39 next year, and a couple of people told me a name, and I said, "But they don't talk to people." I says, "What do you mean?" Well, they're introverts. They, they, I, can't, I can't, couldn't get the guy to speak to me for the life of it. You know, I, I love his work, but I'm sitting there talking to him, and, and I'm doing it's one-sided conversation. 
and, and you put them up in front of a microphone in front of a large group of people, and there's going to be a lot of silence. Yeah, and he will only answer questions um, as they're given to him and won't elaborate because it's like, okay, that's the answer to that, and, and it's like, I just want to get this done and over with because I don't want to be around your people. Yeah, yeah. And it's not the kind of guest I really want to to uh, showcase, uh, which is a shame because, I, again, I think a lot of these particular authors in mind, uh, but and they're so wonderful, but they're really great authors, but they're just not good people people. So... <laughs> Well, say so, la vie, right? La vie. So, it does take you going out and doing it. So it's, it's not going to get done itself if you don't get out there and speak to people and and do events and and get out there and and uh, you know make it happen for yourself. Nobody else is going to do it for you. Well, now here's how I get a chance to interview you, Patty. So <laughs> there are people out there that will help you with this, aren't there? Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you tell us about it? <laughs> this is what we call shameless promotion time. <laughs> <laughs> well, she won't self-promote herself, so I, I need to ask the question. Yeah, Patty's I'm, very good really, at this. I'm very really, good. Bad, really bad at self-promoting myself. That's um, because, you know, I have so many things, so much things to say about how to help you. Uh, but I don't often do that for my own self. <laughs> that. That's the idea, is is that I spent the last five years uh, looking and, and analyzing and figuring out what works and what doesn't. And one thing that I, I told somebody, actually I told my authors today, um, because I said, I said, you know, I want you to take your e-books and I want you to put them up yourself because Amazon's gotten to the point where it, it's really pointless for me to be a publisher for you. They kind of taken the the idea of of each author being their own publisher, and that's what they want. So that's what they want, yep. That's what they want. I have less rights, uh, you know, to be able to help you, and my hands are tied in some cases if if I am your publisher at this point. So I'm assuming that you look. I'd rather get out from behind of being the publisher and actually be in front of you, helping to drive. Uh, drive the vehicle, so to speak, of taking your book to places that you can actually sell it. So I've gotten more into the events and more into the media, like the show, because it's important for us to be out there talking about these things, to talking to authors, having them promote themselves. So what kind of shows can authors uh, go to? Well, Blog Talk is, is an awesome way. It's a, it's a really great vehicle. In the last few years, they've gotten even better uh, as far as their, their capability of being able to keep your uh, you know, the show on the air. <laughs> Technology is a wonderful thing when it works. So uh, sometimes you get kicked off. That's just, you know, this thing's how the technology works. But Blog Talk is an awesome platform for any author. They need to go and shop it and find uh, it's going to yeah, again. It is aggravating. It really is aggravating when you have a show and you're trying to get a hold of these people and they say, "Hey, I've got this this terrific book I want to want to get on the air and talk about," and you don't hear any. You know, they they don't get back with you. Oh, well. This is the nature of the business. Okay, so you have to keep plugging away and say, "Okay, that person hasn't," and then go back to them and try again later. 
you just have to keep track of who you're talking to and who you've been trying to get a hold of and just keep moving and then you're going to get your now, I find that is a cascading thing. And what I mean by that is once you get a few shows going and that you've already talked to a few shows or, or I, for instance, get you into a few shows, that cascades and winds up a lot more openings, you know, because uh, people hear about it or, you know, the other radio station owners say, oh, I heard about the show and they listen to it. Uh, we're all connected in some way. And so then they say, hey, you've had this author on a subject of state. Can I, can I get a hold of them? Yes, matter of fact, because that's how it works. So it's like a snowball. You get rolling down the hill, and it gets bigger and bigger as it rolls. It may be pretty slow at first, but yeah. it grows. Exactly. And, and that's the point that I'm at right, this, right now is that the snowball is actually already moving on its own. So it's not huge, but it's definitely... And it's, it's still in the infancy stage, infant stage, but it's rolling on its own. Now, uh, at the at this uh, seminar on the seventeenth, you'll you'll go through all these concepts with the participants. Yes, now that I even show them, you know, some of the uh, different platforms and different places that they can go to, um, how to find a show or how to design their own show. Um, what's it been? You know, pros and cons of doing that. Because, uh, you know, I can't talk about myself as much uh, if I have my own show. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, bring, uh, I'll, bring my, I'll bring a notebook, and after I get done, I'll sit down and take really good notes. How's that? Yes. Well, see, you're, you're being trained by me anyway. So, uh, yes, it would definitely come in handy because then that's a lot less I have to tell you about. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, the little nuances, the things, the different places that I found to be uh, beneficial. Video is our new thing. So um, reasons why is because people like to see other people. They like to know that they're actually really there. And so uh, it's not just audio, it's the video and how that all works together. Um, different, you know, Again, building your platform, also what I call... Uh, Putting on your author persona, because I think you saw me come to uh, one of your one of your things recently in a costume, and it's because I go out in costume sometimes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we were at a uh, a uh, I attended a local writers group, and uh, you did. You came in costume. You you'd come from uh, where did you come from at that time? Actually, I was out at the Wild Western Festival, which is ah. yeah, it's just kind of. We were sitting at the steampunk table. <laughs> steampunk is a genre, right? Yeah, steampunk's a genre. It's, it's kind of turn of the century historical, uh, where they when they were making gadgets and 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 inventing things. Uh, yeah, that's back when the telephone was invented, and, all, and and a lot of these inventions came to pass at that time period. And so it's it's a very cool Victorian time uh, where. Uh, we were expanding our minds and 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 really making things. But People we didn't, love that. <laughs> yes, yeah, we didn't have gasoline engines then, so they were using steam, huh? That's right. So I call them <laughs> steampunk. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great genre. It's, it's uh, really opened up uh, in the last, oh, I think probably three years. Is uh, and of course they say, well, what what examples? Well, an example would be. Uh, yeah, a lot of movies are now. Wild Wild West. Yeah, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Wild Wild West. Yeah, that was a steampunk. 
That was steampunk. That was steampunk, and of course, obviously the movie uh, with 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 Will Smith. Will Smith's movies, uh, Wild Wild West. Yeah, yeah. and uh, obviously the Sherlock Holmes movies, recent ones. That's uh, right. I guess Sherlock Holmes would be considered steampunk. Yeah, because it's again it's Victorian time. Uh, he created gadgets, or there were gadgets being made. Uh, they were learning more about uh, making different things and, and how to explode <laughs> different things, <laughs> blow up things. Uh, everything and everything before the the uh, um, uh, see with the infancy of uh, of electricity, but before the gasoline motor, and of course before any electronics whatsoever. But the but the light bulb was was around this time period as well. So uh, again, this is an explosion of of uh, people who created new things, and I think that's one reason why uh, you know here I think Americans especially really find this genre interesting. I mean, people get they they design their costumes. Uh, they go they have a steampunk ball in uh, November as well on November uh, the same day day in the same area as uh, your Avondale writing group. Um, so they have steampunk ball. They got a steampunk convention down that they hold in Old Tucson. Are you there, Greg? I think I lost him. We have a little problem with Skype. Does anybody hear me? Are you there, Greg? Are you there? Are you there? I'm back. <laughs> yes, I'm back. I, you dropped me somehow. I'm back. I, I don't know how. It's all of a sudden I said there's a problem with the call. And so, you know, that's, uh, again, you, I already still love technology, right? Yeah. It, these things happen. When you have more gadgets in there, apparently, uh, more chances of something going wrong. But, yeah, again, it, it does do so many things and does connect us, I think, more than we've ever been connected before. As far as oh. Skype, you know, Skype helping to connect families. Uh, to, you know, you, you don't have to pay for a phone call anymore. You can actually video uh, and see see your friends and relatives from across the country. It's amazing. Yeah, everybody has a laptop, a desktop, an iPhone, and an iPad, and a Kindle. <laughs> or one of the one of the above, yeah. Or several of the above, right? <laughs> several, or several of the above, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jimmy, you have a laptop and a phone. Yeah, so I don't. I would love to have an iPad, but uh, yeah, that's just not my budget. <laughs> they are not cheap. That. Yeah, I did see that. I did see that. It's, it's, yeah. I don't know. Now you know it's interesting that you that you that we brought that up that topic. Um, when you talk about ebook and e-readers, do you know that there are probably a billion or more devices that can read ebooks? So oh, sure. we're talking about iPhones, mm-hmm. iPads, iPods, Kindles, Nook readers, Kobo readers, laptops, Android phones. Mm-hmm. All of these have the ability to to read ebooks. I and, ha- uh, I happen to use my Android phone. Um, I have a yeah. Yeah, it's a smartphone. Doesn't have to, be, and I got Kindle Reader in my smartphone, 
And so if I'm I'm out, you know, standing in line or, you know, getting my laundry done or whatever, uh, I can sit there and, and read on my phone to pass the time. Walk through an airport someday and count how many people are reading a magazine or a hard copy book and how many are, are reading stuff on their iPhones or iPads or Kindles. Oh, yeah. I think, you'll, I think you'll see the majority now are going electronic, especially yeah. when you... I would say not 95%. <laughs> I read that somewhere. 95% of uh, they call it, they, they pulled regular uh, uh, travelers, you know, people who travel on business. I'll watch you again. Uh, 95% of the, well, he gets back up here, 95% of the uh, regular travelers, business travelers, uh, go uh, reading thing, uh, e-books or articles or newspapers on their cell phones or on their devices. Not necessarily the cell phone, but uh, that's where I read, that's where I read on is my cell phone, um, you can find it there better than I do. You there? Are you there? Greg? Huh. It says you're there. Okay. Well, looks like we're going to have a little problem here at the end. Um, hopefully, we can get it back up and uh, you know, we are running over our hour. And believe it or not, I've, I've got a Halloween party tonight. <laughs> so I am running from here over to a party. Let me get him here so we can say goodbye. Um, let me offer a couple of places for you guys to find information about his book. And so that way you can uh, order it. If you're not, that's just, you're probably wondering, hey, are we going to be doing some kind of a uh, a video web webinar or something on this particular subject in the future, and I would say, yes, we can do that. See, Skype is trying to get him back, and while we're waiting on that, you there? Greg? I'm back again. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. I I don't know. There's be some kind of um, thing going on, but just in time for us to uh, that, that figure what, what we'll do is just go ahead and, and uh, say good night for the night and wrap it up in case we get cut off again yeah wrap it up so uh, I definitely putting down on here where they can find you uh, let us know what your author uh, website is it's uh, authorgreglundberg.com that's L-U-N-D-B-R-E-G B-E-R-G yeah, That's okay. <laughs> and I hear looking at it, and I said it wrong. <laughs> so uh, definitely get on his website and find out about the book. Buy the book uh, if you're not in the area. Uh, even if we do wind up going and doing a webinar online, uh, you should have the book with you. That way you can follow you know, the same information he's, he's giving you and going through this. So that that's going to be in your future. Uh, we're first getting out in our local community and around the state of Arizona first and getting uh, getting this uh, seminar out to people uh, to help them to get their ebook into the marketplace and to help the market once they do that. And if you, you have my permission, if you buy the hard copy, you can write in it, write notes. <laughs> there you go. See, the author is actually letting you write in it. <laughs> 
I know that that I you know I stick stick it in my purse, and so it's like you know it's bent or bent about, and it's got bending, and I I write I write little notes in there saying things I wanted to talk to you about or highlighted it um, on things that I think oh this is great information, and I highlighted it. So uh, you didn't give me my permission, but I did it anyway. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, it's a it's a consider it a textbook. I mean, uh, how many in in college and high school? Well, in high school we got in trouble for writing in them, but in college we had to buy our own books, and I I wrote in mine. Oh yeah, I kept That's... them too. Yeah, until you had had no more room for that stuff, and, and I know when I was moving, uh, man, did I have a lot of junk and, and things that you know, I, I've never opened up for years. So, yeah, the textbooks had to go when I moved, and, and there's like 400 some odd books that I actually had to get rid of. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I got the ones that are autographed, but um, almost everything else was is gone. But it's a sound size. So, I know I asked you this question last time, so I'm going to ask you again as ebook because we're talking about e-booking. Now that yeah. you successfully sang the dragon... How will you celebrate? Well, the last time I answered was with a glass of wine and pizza. And believe it or not, I was going to repeat that tonight because that's where I'm going right now. (laughs) (laughs) I was telling people that while you were off there uh, that I'm getting into costume actually right now. um, And I'm going to to a Halloween party. So... Uh, that's, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm celebrating in, in another way. <laughs> have a glass for me. I have a glass for you. There you go. Thanks so much for coming on. I think that uh, everyone got some good information here, and definitely they need to take a look at the Dream Big seminar. And uh, again, it's on your chat, everyone. So yeah, all you need to do is go down, scroll down on that page that you're listening to, and uh, it says. You know, surprise Arizona sign up now for the step by step guide, and so it'll click on the event bright and it'll give you the information. So, with that, uh, I would say have a great night. Bye, everyone. Thanks so much, Greg. I know. And that come. Okay, that's it for Greg Lundberg for tonight. And we have another show coming up next Thursday. That's going to be Norm Jones. And um, he's going to be talking about the apocalypse. So here we got, uh, you know, and you think, well, is it bad? No, apocalypse. Apocalypse is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, well, he, his book is on the Apocalypse Survival Guide. And we'll also be talking about charting new Bible prophecy because uh, he has to get the prophecy. And that allows him to be able to to be able to uh, give us some insight that we we don't normally have, he's got insight to to the apocalypse, and so we will definitely be learning a lot from him. And that's next Thursday, November first, from five thirty to six thirty. 
And then we will be talking to Jeff Johnson about his book and the love of his dogs. So I was gonna, the, our show is going to go to the dogs that night. That's for next Friday from 5.30 to 6.30. I've uh, been doing, lately, been doing shows on Friday. Saturday's just, just way too busy with too many things going on. Um, every, every weekend seems to be having things uh, going on, so I wind up not being able to do a show on Saturdays. So Friday night is going to be it. So with that, uh, that's, that's next week. And if you guys need to check on my uh, Changing Face of Publishing blog, I've got a little information here from Greg um, on my blog. Uh, some of the numbers we were talking about, the seven steps here, and also how many devices, 500 million devices, and some of the royalty situation. That way you can get it uh, in writing here on more information about his book. And I'm going to add that here for you. So that way you guys can definitely run that uh, and find out more information about that on on. Changing Face of Publishing blog. I also have a blog, the Virtual Book Tour stop on every day next week. <laughs> so we have one on Monday. We have Raven's Quest by Tony Lotempio. And then uh, Norm Jones will be coming in to find out more about his book before the show on October 30th on Tuesday. So um, then we have a blog hop on Wednesday that I'm doing with BK Walker. She did uh, her, she's passed on on her blog her blog hop to me, and so I will be hopping uh, on my blog and and offering it to five others uh, of my uh, authors for the week after that. And of course it's Halloween night, so happy Halloween, everyone. And then Jeff Johnson will be coming in on the blog on. Thursday, November first, in preparation to his uh, for his show on Friday, the second. So with that, I'm going to say good night. That's going to be a very long week next week, and definitely find out more information about different shows, and of course, get on my blog and find out more about these awesome authors that we're going to be having on online live. If you miss any of the show, obviously, you can wait an hour, and you will be able to see everything. Uh, and you'll be able to listen to it at its entirety at your own leisure with that glass of wine that Greg likes to talk about. So uh, with that, I'm going to say good night. You guys have a wonderful night. And I'm off to a party, so wish me well. This is Kay Wadrado, and this is Patty Holstrand signing out for the night. <laughs>